You're listening to the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Klein. I've created a signature coaching program for law students to show you how to build confidence, design your dream life, create wealth, and thrive in law school and beyond. I am here to show you how to work on both your money and your mind so you too can become a wealthy future lawyer. Let's get started, squad. Welcome back to the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I am so over the moon thrilled to be sitting here today with Katie Lip, an attorney, a coach for women law firm owners and other entrepreneurs, and a huge, huge inspiration to me. So before we dive in, we have some really great questions. I want to give you a little intro to Katie, and she's going to give you a whole much more information about herself and her story and her journey. It's going to be so great. Um, And then I'm going to read you a quick quote from her book. I have it right here. Build Your Empire, a law firm owner's survival guide to the private legal industry. When I was starting my firm, this book was a huge lifesaver from a practical standpoint, but even more importantly, from a mindset standpoint. So let me give a quick introduction to the lady who really doesn't even need one. Katie Lip is an employment and business lawyer, law firm owner, author, podcast host, and coach to female entrepreneurs. She owns Lip Law, which focuses on simplifying HR and business laws for companies, entrepreneurs, and educators in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. And she is the founder of Law Practice Queen, Law Practice Queen Business Coaching. So good, where she provides mindset coaching and mentoring for female entrepreneurs. And really, really quick before we dive in, I have to read this quote because it it is so good. When I, I read this book about six months ago and I went back and I read it again. And every time this quote just stands out to me so much. Have you ever allowed yourself to wonder what life would be like if you believed you could do it? If you could put all your energy into something you cared about, no matter what other people think. And that's the line I think that every time I'm like, underline, underline, no matter what other people think. Here's your sign to allow yourself to do all the things you wanted to do. All my support, law practice queen. I love it. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm really excited to be here. And I purposefully put that quote at the beginning of the book because it just like sets things up for the reader. And I really, my goal is to encourage people to start their own law firm, to scale their own law firm. And then of course, like for entrepreneurs to start your business. So I'm so glad it was helpful to you in your entrepreneurial journey. Oh my gosh. So helpful. And just, it's so crazy because that the concept in that quote that you get to decide and that mindset is so important to how you approach life. I can almost like look at my life and law career like a before and after. Before I knew that and I was just like, I have to do it this way and I have to be a certain thing. And then the after, and I was like, wait a minute, I can do whatever I want. I get to decide what direction I want to take my life, what direction I want to take my law career. So that that really, really stood out to me. And I also want to give you a big shout out. You are so awesome because we have had some tech glitches and you have been here for me. We're doing the thing. And I know the universe wants this to happen. I know all the law students out there need to hear your story, need, need to hear your journey. So thank you for being so cool and sticking with me as we work through the technology glitches. But 
Katie, we want to hear about you. We want to hear about your law firm, your journey to how you got there, your coaching business. We want to hear all the things. Okay. So I own Lip Law and we do employment and business law throughout DC, Maryland, and Virginia. I started my firm in 2019. So it was like right before COVID, I started a virtual law firm (laughs) where we all work from home. And it was like, it went from this condescending energy I was getting from other lawyers. Like, oh, you like work from home and you like don't go to an office every day. I'm like, well, I have an office. I just like prefer to work from home. And then COVID hit and people are like, how'd you do that? And like, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? I'm like, oh, I I see how it is now. No, just kidding. (laughs) You were a trailblazer. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to work from home in my sweatpants, like no joke. So, um, yeah, we all work from home. I have, uh, five employees. And so it's like four lawyers, including myself. And then I have a firm manager and then my husband quit his job and he helps us with like all the financial stuff behind the scenes. Um, and we actually got a test run for that during COVID. He got like he was not at his regular job during COVID. And so we kind of got a dry run with him working with me. Love that. That was like a silver lining of COVID for sure. Like him working with me. So anyways, you also asked about the coaching business. So I started law practice queen. Um, After my first quarter of law firm operations, I was shocked at how easy it was to run a law firm versus like being in somebody else's system and like having to like, you know, follow somebody else's systems and rules and all that. Like it was, I was genuinely shocked. I was like, this is it. Like, this is all it is. And, um, you know, I had my own experience. I'm not saying like running a law firm is easy in the abstract. It's just, it was much easier than I thought it was going to be. And so, my mission at that point with Law Practice Queen was I wanted to show other female lawyers how how great it can be to run a law firm and kind of document my journey and encourage them to at least consider entrepreneurship. I'm not saying entrepreneurship is for everyone because it's not. Um, you know, you have your own challenges in running a business for sure. But my mission with Law Practice Queen was to show other female lawyers like, hey, you have what it takes, like you belong here. And also to keep women in the legal industry. Like I was concerned that I saw so many people, so many women going to law school and then just leaving and just being like, I can't handle this like this. I'm not meant for this. And really the legal industry is not designed for women, especially women with children. And I was like, you know, let me show somebody what it's like, you know, to see a day in my life, to see like what I'm doing behind the scenes. And maybe they'll see something I'm doing and like see themselves in it and they'll feel encouraged and they'll feel inspired to at least like, I hate the idea of somebody going to law school and putting all that time and money into it and then not being able to have the good things that come out of being a lawyer, like having a steady career and getting to work with clients and make a difference. 
And so that was the thought with Law Practice Queen in the beginning, and it's kind of expanded. I now do, I, I help female entrepreneurs generally with their mindset, and I'm not just focusing on the legal industry, but it's been fun. You know, it's it's definitely uh, my passion project. It, I will be doing my law for, a lot of people ask me, are you going to not practice law and switch over to coaching? And I'm like, no, I'm going to do both forever. Like, this is it. These are my two babies. And um, and so, yeah, that's that kind of answers that question. I could talk forever, but I want to. <laughs> well, I just want you to know that you absolutely encouraged and inspired me as I started to think about starting my own firm after I had my first son and quickly realized all the ways that the legal industry was not supporting me <laughs> at all. Um, and so you were, you were a huge inspiration to me along the way, just watching someone else doing it and doing it well and successfully and being so upfront and honest. I, I love that. And that's why I knew I had to have you on this podcast because I want the people to know, I want the law students to know, especially female law students, even if along the way you feel like this is not built for you, then build it your own way. And you can absolutely do that. I fully support if someone says they want to leave law for whatever reason that feels good to them, that is fine. But I agree with you when I see people leaving and I think they really enjoyed the practice of law. They just didn't feel supported or included or like they were seen or that they could even do it. Like they thought maybe I just can't do this, which is total BS. It really is because you can, you can either start your own firm or you can find a space that will support you. So I think that's so so amazing. I think the work that you're doing is truly so important and it's going to really make, it already has made a difference in so many people's lives. And I think it's going to make a difference. And I'm so happy that you're working with entrepreneurs as well. I mean, obviously those who start their own law firm are entrepreneurs, but to expand beyond that, I think is so important because there's a lot of work to be done in making sure that everyone is supported and, and can go on the forth on their journey successfully without just, you know, having their wheels constantly spinning and, and not going after their dreams because they think they can't do it. So I ask all of my guests the same questions and I love it because I get to hear the different answers from everyone. So we're going to jump in. How have your views towards money and wealth changed from law school to now? And what was your biggest mindset shift? So in law school, I was definitely in this mindset about money. Like I I need to save it up. I need to stack it up for a rainy day. It was kind of like a squirrel gathering nuts for the winter. It's like, I need to, and it was kind of like this anxious energy of like, if I just kind of like imagine somebody like hanging on by their fingernails, it's like, if I can just build up this like stack of cash, I'll be good. And, um, Wait, what was your other question? What was my biggest mindset change? Yeah. So what, how have your views towards money and wealth changed from law school? And what was the biggest mindset shift? Like what was the biggest? Yeah. Well, I have regrets that I didn't invest during law school. <laughs> that, that was like a big Same. regret. Maybe that's one of your, your uh, future questions, but I definitely... I was definitely feeling during law school, like I wasn't smart enough. And if I could only just, it's like, I was always just kind of just getting by to the next step was always my thought. And 
the thing that there were so many mindset shifts, like along the way, the biggest one that stuck out for me was the mindset shift of like, I always put work first. I was like, work needs to be first. And then my personal, like self-care was not a part of my vocabulary, my repertoire. It was like, I just need to get my degree. I was like very focused on like getting my degree. Then it was like, I need to pass the bar. Then it was like, I need that first job, you know, like all those kind of um, external milestones. And I didn't really do a lot of internal work. And when I started going, I started going to therapy after I had my first daughter, I was having like postpartum depression and anxiety. And I was like, something's got to give. And I definitely thought like, I was like, I can figure this out on my own. And then I was like, well, maybe I can't because I had a panic attack. (laughs) It's like, maybe I don't have my shit together here. (laughs) And so once I started going to therapy, I was like, oh, I feel a lot better. I should have done this a lot sooner. And then I went and saw a psychiatrist, like, and I'm not saying everybody should do these things and I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But for me, my own personal journey was like, once I started taking care of myself, things really shifted. And I, it was kind of like a domino effect. It was like, I started going to therapy. I got on, uh, anti-anxiety and depression meds. And again, like that's personal to me, not saying everybody should do that. Um, everybody has a different body, so on and so forth, but I got sober and that was a big shift for me. And then I feel like it's like these little things that kind of all build up and compound. And so going back to the money mindset, it's like, I realized I, if I care for myself and I put myself first, then I will become wealthy. Like I will have more of a well to draw on, so to speak for my clients, like this kind of like this well of patience and this well of mindfulness and if I take care of myself first, then the wealth will come. And I always viewed things backwards during law school. It was like, I need to, I need to put all of my energy and effort into just grinding, grind. I was always the one that was like studying in the library all the time. Um, And, and so I think I, I definitely had it backwards. Like once, and I came across, um, some information, like my business coach that I use, Kara Allwell, she was like, you, you, you're like a woman first, and then you're like a business owner. And that shook me. Like, I was like, what? Like, I don't have time to take care of myself. Like I need to, you know, and my first, like you probably, I don't even know if like you, I was a completely different person. My first semester of law school, I was like, anxious and I was drinking like a sugar-free Red Bull every day because I was like I have to like succeed (laughs) and now I'm like wow that was so unhealthy (laughs) I think we've we had parallel experiences honestly because I'm just nodding I'm like yep that was me that was me (laughs) it was coffee but you know it was absolutely (laughs) caffeine some kind of caffeine (laughs) I'm getting chills though because the reason this podcast is called the wealthy future lawyer squad is that exact concept. Like we talk a lot about money and money mindset, and that's one of my favorite topics. And I love talking with other women about becoming wealthy, but my entire 
point of my coaching program and this podcast is if you work on yourself, if you work on what's in here, if you take care of yourself, if you understand how your brain works, you will feel better. You will make more money. You will get better grades. You will do better in law school. You will take those opportunities. And it all, it's like that reverse engineering as opposed to just grinding and white knuckling through everything and hoping that that's going to get you the success or the money or the grades or whatever it may be. And it might, it might get you there to that, you know, the, the A in your class, but at what cost, you know? And then my last episode, one of my last episodes that I, uh, that just released was all about anxiety and stress in law school. And I said, okay, if you're like me, I told myself it's just three years. I just have to be like this for three years but we look at the mental health stats of the law profession and clearly we're not like leaving law school and then all of a sudden being like, I am Zen and I'm going to be a Zen lawyer. Like we continue it. It gets worse. So if we work on ourselves in law school and if you don't, if you start when you're a lawyer, that's awesome too. There's no wrong time to start. But the sooner you understand how all of this works and you understand that mindset impacts everything you're going to be a lot happier and a lot more calm and you'll know at least knowing the resources and knowing that you're not alone. If you are stressed, anxious, depressed, whatever it may be and getting help is everything. And thank you for sharing all of that and being, my friends always make fun of me the way I say this vulnerable. Thank you for being vulnerable for sharing. All that. I'm like, <laughs> I, like if you ask like my friends or anything like, like I'm big into like personal development, all that, but I'm also like, I joke around a lot. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, you're so positive. And I'm like, Oh, that's good. Cause I like, I feel very cynical sometimes, <laughs> but I think it, yeah, I mean, it's just a part of the human experience. And I feel like sometimes when I'm posting content online, I don't want to be that person that's like, just talking about my wins. Cause that's so cringe. You know, it's like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm so blessed. And like, look at all my amazing life. And it's like, I want people to know that these things happen too. And like, you know, you don't want to be a Debbie Downer and be like, this is bad. And like only posting bad things. But I think it yeah. gives like a more honest and like well-rounded, you know, picture of things. And, and people see that and it's meaningful. I feel like you post something, you're like, oh, I won an award, whatever. Like people are like, congratulations. That, that's great. They're proud of you for the most part. Maybe some people are like, uh, <laughs> but for the for the vulnerable stuff, I feel like people, people really need to see that. They really need to see that because most people, th there's a lot of lurkers there on social media and a lot of people that are struggling, you know, um, yeah. especially after what we just went through with like COVID and everything. Like there's a lot of people that are struggling. People have always been struggling in the legal industry. Nobody's ever like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say like, I loved law school. It was the best three years of my life. <laughs> Like I have yet to hear that one, but I have heard people say like, that was the worst three years of my life because of X, Y, and Z, you know, and it's, it's, um, these struggles are universal. And it's like, I, I love this quote, this, I'm going to get like Jesus on you for a second. Cause I went through like a Joel Osteen phase. He like helped me out of a deep, dark hole. And like, <laughs> he said something like your test is your testimony. And I really believe that it's like that we're put through these struggles for a reason so we can share them with other people and we can relate with other people and it's not just like you know it's not like 
we're guaranteed a life free from, you know, it's like, we have struggles, like no doubt. So it's, it's helpful to like connect with other people on them. Cause it's like, we're all the same. We all go through like very similar situations. Yeah, I agree. And especially in law school, when everyone's putting on that game face of I'm fine, everything's great. I know everything. And it's like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> It's just crazy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so what is the best choice you say you, you've ever made with respect to money? And what's the biggest mistake or, or regret that you have with respect to money? And I know you kind of touched on it quickly before. So best choice I would say is investing in myself for sure. Like I, I, okay. So I, I don't know how it is like for all of your listeners, but here in the United States, and I'm sure you know too a little bit about this, Lauren, but for therapy, it's like private pay. Like you, I pay somebody $250 an hour. It's like pretty similar to a lawyer's rate to listen to me complain about my life. And she's great. She like reframes everything. Um, but for a while I cut that out because I was like, you know, it's like 500 bucks a month. And like, you know, I could be spending this on other things and my husband was like, I think, I think you should still do that. I'm like, oh, I love you so much. Um, but yeah, like investing in myself is something I'll never regret because it has such like a trickle down effect. It's like, you know, you pass along to your friends and like all the people you interact with, like your people online, your kids, like your parents, like everything. It's just like, but it is hard in the moment to spend that money on yourself. Um, yeah. And for me to take the time, I'm always like, I'm busy, I'm busy. But then I, I meet with my therapist every week or every other week. And as soon as I do it, I'm like, oh, I needed that. I feel so much better. I had this breakthrough recently where it was like, I would rather spend a ridiculous amount of money to avoid having a difficult conversation with someone. You know, it's like the things we do to avoid things that cause us like discomfort, you know, we're really interesting as humans. Like we like to, we avoid pain and we move towards pleasure. So yeah, to answer your question, I'm like rambling. The, the thing that has been a really good investment is like investing in myself, like going to therapy. I mean, that's been wonderful. Um, also like spending money on things that are kind of like frivolous and I'll explain this. Like we built a pool in my backyard because I saw, I saw a Instagram story of Amanda Francis with like her family playing in the pool. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that would be amazing. Like, it would be so nice to like have a pool in my backyard. And then I was like, I can, I can have that question mark. You know, you like go down the line of like, wait, can I have that thing? I and, and I definitely, it was hard spending that money. It was expensive. Like it took time. It took energy. It was more expensive than we thought it was going to be. We got a lot of flack from people being like, that's such a waste of money. Like, you know, and then it's like, you know, it's been wonderful. Like it's been such a nice thing for our family. And like, we've been able to have people over and like parties and stuff. It's like those, it's like that, that action of like, you can't take it with you, you know, you can't take it with you. And like, so I think there's this big struggle with personal finance between like building up like your retirement fund and like your savings and all of that, but then also like enjoying the money. And so that was, that was tough for me because I came from my family definitely had this like great depression mentality of like, save, 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 save. And like, 
you know, you always have to save and it was always like, oh, don't spend it, you know? And so that was an uncomfortable thing for me to do, but I'm glad I did it. And then my biggest regret is not investing sooner. Um, I definitely was just always like, oh, like I'll save the money, but I never, um, I never invested. And luckily I have, my husband is like interested in investing. I'm not really like jazzed by learning about investing. I'm not, I'm not like, he's like in an investment club with my parents and they like, you know, and some oh. other people and they like pick out stocks and they just like really enjoy it. It's just not something I enjoy. And so I think investment club. <laughs> yeah yeah through their church they have like an investment club and you have to like buy into it and they invest in socks together and that's just like it's not my jam but like knowing okay with my money I need to make my money work for me like work smarter not harder and I was talking to my dad the other day and I'm like what do I do like if for some reason, you know, something were to happen to like my husband, I'm like, what would I do? Should I like hire a financial advisor? He's like, just put it all in the S and P 500. That's fine. And this is not financial advice, but like <laughs> knowing, knowing yeah. that like, you shouldn't just dump all of your money into a savings account. Like right. it's not going to earn you any interest. Like if you have a sizable amount of savings, like start investing it. That's, I feel like good, good advice. And so that I wish that was my regret. I wish I, I think about the money I had during law school, just sitting in a savings account. And I think about that three years. I'm like, Oh, I could have invested it. Like I have that. I know I have that regret too. And, and back in, when I was in law school, I, I thought that investing was really, really hard. I thought you needed to have, you know, a financial advisor. You needed someone to, you had to pay, you'd have a bunch of money before you could even do it. And nowadays, I mean, you can get a Robinhood account, a Vanguard account, and and like you said, at the very least, invest in you know some total stock market, you know, index funds or S and P five hundred, something that just tracks the entire market. Again, not investment advice, but knowing that these options are out there, you don't have to be, you know, well versed in in different stocks and how stocks are doing. You can just invest in a product that tracks the entire market, which. You can look at when you look at the market from the beginning to when the stock market began, you know, originally to now, you can look and see there's ups and there's downs. And if you just invest in something that tracks the entire thing, you really, you can't, you can't go wrong. I mean, there's always going to be downturns in the market. And I look at that as a sale, you know, so much of the, the market and investing is psychological. You know, when the market's bad, everyone's like, I, I want to sell. That's the time you should be buying because you're going to get, you're going to get good prices. So I, I think that's really interesting. That's a good message out there. Like law students, just even just start to think about the fact that you could invest. It's available to you. Even just Robinhood, the, like the minimum is like nothing. Just look into it. You know, just explore that thought of, oh, I could invest. That's something that's possible for me. Everybody's going to have different like levels of money. Like some people are probably listening to this being like, well, I don't even have enough money to like pay for my school. Everything's on loans. But right. it's like, once you do get that, job out of law school where you're making consistent income and you have, you can start to build up your savings. Like it's something to think of once you, once you get your emergency fund set up, then you can start to think to invest. And, um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, I, like I had help from my family going through law school. So I'm one of the lucky ones where like, you know, I, I had assistance and I have a smaller family. It's just me and my brother. 
Um, and so I know everybody's financial situation is different. So I don't want people out there to be like, oh yeah, investing, like, thanks a lot. But it's like, especially for women, like I, I read a stat the other day or a fact the other day that women weren't allowed to get their own bank accounts until the sixties. <laughs> Isn't that so crazy? I read something similar and I'm like, how is that possible? That was, that was not that long ago. Why are men the ones that are like financially inclined, you know, and, and I'm overgeneralizing, right. But like stereotypically it's like the, a lot of times in a heterosexual relationship or heterosexual marriage, like the man is the one, like maybe more, a little bit more interested in finances. And again, I'm looking at this through my own lens. Cause that's how it is in my relationship. But I'm like, why is it that a lot of times smart women are just like, this is too hard for me. Or like, we just kind of opt out of it. And it's kind of like cars, like doing, you know, and it's like, because for generations, we were not included in these conversations. We were actually actively banned from these conversations. <laughs> so it's like, no wonder that we're like, you know, not jumping in like head first, wanting to get involved. And, and again, yeah, my own lens, like, I don't want to, I'm not saying that like women are not in finance. Of course, there's like tons of brilliant women in finance and like, they're doing that because they're interested in that. But yeah, I mean, we were actively pushed into, it's interesting that law was not open to women until recently, because it's very much like a social you know, like we have like those innate skills of like empathy and like taking care of people. It's very much like a, a caring profession, but it's not presented as that a lot of times, which is odd to me. I know it's, it's so funny kind of like digressing for a second now that I have my own law firm and I do estate planning. So I'm talking with families all the time, usually a husband and a wife or a husband and a husband, whatever it may be, whatever the family structure is. And I'm like, I hear you. I understand. I'm, I relate to this. And like, I, I dig deeper into the conversation beside, like beyond just the legalities of everything. And that actually then opens up the conversation to the things that they really need to know, the things they really need to plan for. And not to say men can't have those soft skills. Absolutely they can. But I found that now that I have my own firm, I'm a lot more authentic in my approach to my practice law. And I know you talk about that in the book. I think you talk about that on online as well. And it's, it has made me a better attorney being able to feel like I could, I could share those skills and I could talk to people normally. Like I'm always like, I'm just a human being like you, let's just have a conversation and talk things through and really dig into why you're, you're sitting here with me, but I digress. And also for the law students who are sitting there and thinking, I don't have money to invest. That's okay. That's now is the time to start working on the way you think about investing and reading books. When I first got out of law school, I, I had no money to invest at all. And I just started reading books. And I, what I realized very quickly is it's a lot easier than you think. Not only, especially if you're a woman, you, we're dealing with these barriers, legal barriers and then societal barriers, but just in general, the financial industry, they want you to pay someone to do it for you. And so it, they make it seem really hard and scary. And it's, it's really not. We are now finally at the point, my husband and I, that we're hiring a financial advisor. We did it on our own for years and it went great. Now we're at the point where I'm like, okay, I want to make sure we're not missing out on things that we need to know, but that's just up leveling to that next, you know, way to think about money and way to deal with money. So even if you don't have any money right now, just start thinking about how you relate to money and, and read some books. There's so many good books out there. I'll put some in the show notes that make it 
very clear how easy investing is. So I know you did touch on this a little bit. I want to dive a little bit deeper. What made you want to start your own law firm and law practice queen? So, uh, gosh, there's so many layers to why. Um, I was at another firm. I had made partner, but it was income partner, not equity partner. So I really was looking at it as like the next career step. Like I wanted equity. I wanted something that was my own. Um, and it, it wasn't like immediately available to me at that time. Just like, you know, the structure of the firm that I was at, it was a great firm, but we, what was happening there was I was doing employer side employment law more so than employee side. Now my practice is like pretty split 50, 50, and I wanted to represent both sides, but the, you know, the brand of the firm I was at, they wanted to do more of the corporate side representation, which is totally fine. And so I felt like, okay, if I want to have equity in something and I want it to be something where I can take on the clients that I want to take on, want to take on something that would give me a little bit more freedom. And then I was running into an issue where I was bringing in so much work for that firm. I didn't have anybody to give it to. And so I got to a point where I was like, well, why should I bring in more work? Because I don't have anybody to give it to. And so I really was yearning for my own team where it was like, I could have people that supported me and I could, you know, was unrestricted in how much work I could bring in and, um, and just really build it up. And so that was something that's something that comes easy to me, like the marketing on the attorney side and like the branding on the attorney side. And so that's kind of where law practice queen came from. Like I used a business coach, my first quarter of law firm operations. And I was like, okay, other people need to know how easy it is to start their own firm. I need to document my journey. I need to share this with other people. And so my first Law Practice Queen client was another lawyer. She was uh, not yet a partner in a firm, but wanted to like put herself out there online, but she didn't have the confidence to do that. And she's like, well, when did you get over the fear of like putting yourself out there? I'm like, never. I'm still like <laughs> scared to do it. I'm always like, what am I doing? But you just do it because you're not focusing on yourself. You're focusing on who you're serving. And you know, for me at that time, when I started Law Practice Queen, I was serving female lawyers. I wanted female lawyers to stay in the legal industry. I didn't want them to leave and feel like they didn't belong or feel like there was not a seat at the table for them. And it was very much like a gender equity thing. It was like, we, this is our time. Like we need to step up the, to the plate and we need to stay here and we have what it takes. And so I, you know, it was really like, I, I put my, my branding for law practice queen was like, I'll help you build a book of business, but really a lot of business development and making more revenue, like for your firm or for yourself is confidence. It's confidence. And it's like, uh, knowing exactly like what you're going after it's clarity. And so anyways, starting the law firm was like, I, I needed something in my career that was my next step. And I came across, uh, Kara Allwell, who's one of my business coaches, I came across her content online and she was talking about entrepreneurship. And I very much was like, well, I'm not smart enough to be a law firm owner. I'm always like, I have, I've been told I have perfectionistic anxiety, which means like the way that manifests is like, it, nothing is ever good enough, nothing. And so you're always like, 
trying to accomplish more externally and you're very tied to what people think of you, um, which can be really a really tough way to live your life because then you're like constantly looking for external validation. Um, and so what I felt like even during law school, I was like the middle of my class in law school, but now looking back, I'm like, that was good. <laughs> but at the time I was like, oh, I failed. Cause I didn't get like the top of the class. You know, the, if you're in the middle, you might as well be in the bottom. It's like how my mind was telling me that, of course, that's a lie, right? Like you get your degree and you go out and you start practicing law or you do whatever you want to do. But that was my plan. But with starting with like starting my firm, it was like, I want, I want to take the next step of my career. I, I came to the realization in going to therapy that like, I could do it. I developed that confidence in myself. And the tipping point was, I was like, well, why would things change? Like now clients are picking me now clients like me, why would things change under my own umbrella, under my own business, you know, my own business entity. And so, and I, you know, once I transitioned over to my own firm, almost all of my clients came with me, which was like a, you know, that's like a huge motivator, but that it doesn't happen that way for everybody. Like there's some, I know a lot of PI lawyers who are like, I, I can't take all these cases on because I need to pay the costs and the costs are really expensive for these cases. So like I was lucky in that I could take over this book of business and I had a foundation to start with. And, and so it was, it was very much like I wanted my own team. I wanted to, to kind of execute on this vision that I had. I had this blueprint for my firm and it was like very strong in my mind. One of my favorite books for that type of work, like creative visualization is called Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain. Um, it's a really good book for entrepreneurs. If anybody that is listening is into maybe getting into entrepreneurship, it's a really good book, but I'll check it out. I haven't heard of that one. I love a new book. You'll love it. It's so woo-woo. Um, she has affirmations in it. She talks about like um, manifesting, like all that kind of stuff, but it's- uh, I'm all about it. It's very like accessible. It's not like too pie in the sky. It's very like, it, it's it's a really, really good book for anybody who- has a vision in their mind and wants to bring that vision into the physical world, which is basically what entrepreneurship is. You have a vision for what you want to do, and then you bring it into the physical world. And in order to do that, in order to create it, you have to have a, a blueprint. You know, it's like building a house. You have to have like the plans before you put the house together. Yeah. You can't just start building it and hope, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> which like, honestly, I know a lot of lawyers that that's how they start their law firm or business owners. And like, they do just fine. Like it's not ideal. They didn't plan it out, but like they're doing the best they can. And that's, I think that's why it's scary. Cause they're like, Oh, okay. Um, or one of the reasons why it can be really scary, but anyways, I'm kind of rambling, but the law firm came as a result of like years and years of kind of like soul searching and being like, is this what's next? Is this what's right for me? Like, and I got to the point where I was like, I'm good at bringing in business. So I am going to try to start my own firm. And if I fail at that, I can always go back and work for a firm. That's kind of where my head was at. Like, I was like, I, 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 
it, it was scary because I was the breadwinner at the time, you know, for my marriage. Like I was the one bringing home the bacon. And that's scary when you're like, oh, I'm going to give up this salary job to like bet on myself. You know, it oh, seems like such bullshit, but it's not. I know all about that. <laughs> like it ended up being fine. And then I started law practice queen because I felt like very called to serve female lawyers. And now I've expanded it to female entrepreneurs generally, because a lot of the principles translate across industries, but yeah. it's, that's kind of like an obsession. I have a, like a lot of people close to me are just like, like, you know, it's you as an entrepreneur, you sometimes are careful about the dreams that you tell to other people. And you have to kind of select like, who do you share things with? Cause you sound crazy to most people. <laughs> like yeah. It's like, Oh, I have a law firm where like, I'm making like, you know, like a good living. And then it's like, Oh, but I'm also going to like be a coach, like for, for lawyers and entrepreneurs. And they're like, <laughs> People like you, like what? <laughs> Coaching? What is that? I know. Everybody is like, I cheer people on. Basically, I'm like your cheerleader. So yeah, it's it's been it, it it's fun. Like I wouldn't change it. And I have thought about giving up on Law Practice Queen so many times because like it's not my day job. It's like my side hustle. It's something that like I kind of fit in and. And I get a lot of questions about it. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes it's like, Ooh, like what it makes you kind of question things, but it's very easy to explain. I'm a lawyer. I'm an owner of a law firm for people. That's, that's like, Oh, cool. Okay. That's awesome. And then like, if you know, sometimes I'll tell people about law practice queen. It's like, I have to be careful the information I give to other people, but it's been interesting because like my clients follow like my law practice queen stuff, like my law firm clients. And they're like, yeah. I love it. I passed it on to like my son who like owns a, you know, a business in South Carolina. Oh, that's so awesome. It, it really is heartwarming. So it's like going that's, back to yeah, that's great. about like just being authentic and like being who you are and like not being scared of that. I think that's a journey all of us have to go through and continue to go through and being like, it's okay to be yourself. You are loved. You are enough. And like you, it's safe for you to show people who you are every and But like the whole part of branding online is like, you don't want to show everybody everything. Like, right. You, know, <laughs> you don't need to see every, every part of my life, but like the parts I'm going to show you are the parts that I think will help you get, you know, accomplish a certain mission, whether that's helping with your employment law or helping with your business life. So yeah, talking a lot. No, no, I I'm just, I'm thinking at, literally our, our careers, our life, our thought process, the way like we've, all the things have happened are just so similar to me before I started my firm. I was in therapy for years talking about it. And the biggest limiting belief that I thought was who the heck am I to start a law firm? That was like the, the resounding, doubt in my head that would constantly pop up. And I can't even tell you how many times my therapist was like, okay, we'll write down who the heck you are and why you think you should start a law firm and why, you know, you would be successful and the people you would help. And I'd be like, oh, as soon as I would do the exercise, it, it got easier. And this took a long time, but it got easier and easier until I got to the point where I launched the firm and I was like, oh, this is who the heck I am. And these are the people I'm going to help. But it was a journey. It takes a long time sometimes to kind of get over those, you know, those limiting beliefs, but you can do it. It's possible. And I hope it goes 
quicker than it did for me for everyone else. But it's one of the reasons that we're sitting here talking about this because I want people to know these beliefs are okay. They're part of being a human. Like you said, Katie, being a part of the human experience, our brain is trying to keep us safe. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes we need to say, okay, brain, thank you, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this and we're going to see what happens. And you, you know, you're never going to regret trying. That's for sure. So my next question is name a book that inspired your journey. Uh, I definitely want to check out, um, what was it? Uh, creative visualization. Yep. By definitely going to check that out. Love it. Any other books that you love? Um, Kara Allwell, shout out to her again. Um, this is like not hashtag not sponsored. Just really <laughs> like her stuff. Um, I know she comes, she comes up and Amanda Francis in like every single episode, but they're great. Like highly, yep. highly recommend for mindset. Um, yes. she has, Kara has a book called like she owns the place. Mm, it is a love that. book for female entrepreneurs. It like, it like lit a fire under me. I'm like, what? I can do these things. What? Um, so I really <laughs> like that book. She also has a book called style your mind. And it's a workbook mm. that helps you. If you're a female entrepreneur, it like helps you map out kind of like what you were doing in therapy, writing down, like I'm Lauren Klein. I am a Florida law firm owner, like of an estate law firm, you know, like helping you kind of figure out like, how do you want to spend your days? How do you want this to look? If you could have your ideal business, like how would this look to you? So it's really good, like going through those bookie type exercises. So I really like those two books. And it sounds so woo, but it, it really, it, it works people. It really does work. Those, those are probably my favorites. I'm trying to, I'm not in my my home office right now where I have all of my books that like I could just like turn and look to, but you were, but you magically transported to your office office. I know, I'm in my, <laughs> I'm in my shared workspace right now with good, the good internet. Um, Jen Sincero, I really like her stuff. It's like, yeah. you're a badass today. Those like kind of like lighthearted off affirmation type books were really important for me. Like when I was first starting out my journey, cause it's like, you can read a couple pages. You don't have much time, you know, to read a full on book. Um, and then, yeah, like one of the other things this is going to sound weird is I got back into reading like fiction books for fun. Like once I started my own business and that's just been really heartwarming. Cause like it feels like home being able to just like read a book for fun because before one of the lies I told myself, like once I was a lawyer is like, I read all day. I don't have time to read outside of my job. And now I'm like, that's, that's so silly. Like, of course I have time to read. If I have time to binge 10 episodes of love is blind on Netflix, which I may or may not have done within the past 48 hours. Like I have time to read a book for fun and it's not for everyone, right? Like not everybody is a nerd like me, but that's, that's something I really enjoy doing too. So I'm, I, I'm a hard one to read like business books. Like I'll buy a business book. Will I actually read a business book? Eh. But another good one I'm thinking of, oh, I have two. So Atomic Habits by James Clear is yeah, a really, a good really one. good book. If you're thinking of starting a new habit, he's, that is a very good book to read. Um, and then The Four Agreements is a wonderful book. Um, I am totally blanking on the author for the, I have, I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Oh, Ugh. 
Oh, you are in for a treat. Um, oh. Actually, I have the I have the uh, audiobook on Audible and the Four Agreements. It's it's basically based on like ancient Toltec wisdom and which sounds super woo woo and it is, but it is epic. So the Four Agreements. Agreement number one: be impeccable with your word. Agreement number two: don't take anything personally. Agreement number three is, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on it, is, okay, well, I'm not going to remember all four of these. I mean, those those first two are major. Those are huge. Not taking anything personally is something that I just never learned in my life. And I think I know caused me so much consternation and stress and just knowing that the way that somebody treats you has really nothing to do with you. It's their own issue has really changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a game. That thought is a game changer. It really, honestly, it, it, it changed everything for me. It, it, I think it makes your friendships better, your business relationships better. It really does. Ugh. I love it. It's so good. Okay. I have one more question. Then we're going to, we're going to tell the listeners where they can find out more about you. If you could go back and tell your one L Katie lip self, anything in the world, what would it be? Well, you're going to make it. It doesn't, your law school grades don't matter, which (laughs) kind of cuts both ways. It's like, I still want that one L Katie to try, but like take the pressure off take the pressure off. Like everything is going to work out just fine. Um, because that's what I try to do now with my coaching with law practice queen is like, how can we reduce the overwhelm and like banish perfectionism? Cause those are, those really get in the way of us accomplishing things, really great things. And the ones who struggle with those the most, I think are really at the top of their game. And so if we can master our mindset and, I mean, I know it's never going to be perfect, right? But if we can take take some time and put some attention on those things, it can really make a difference. So yeah, I'd probably just give her a big hug too. <laughs> Being in 1L, 1L is hard for sure. It's rough. <laughs> That's so good. Well, thank you so much, Katie. This was so good. This, this conversation, I cannot wait to go back and listen to it because there's so many gems in there, like literal gems. I know this is going to be so helpful for the law students, the pre-law students, as they embark on their journey through law school. Just know you're going to be okay. Take the pressure off. It's all going to be good. We only get this one life, maybe, who knows? So enjoy it, even when it's hard. Enjoy the struggle. Let the testimony, you know, let the test be your testimony for sure. I think that's a really great quote. So Katie, where can everyone find more about you? Because I know they're going to want to follow along and see all the things you're doing. Yeah. So I'm everywhere on the internet. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me, Katie Lip, uh, two P's, L-I-P-P is in Paul. And then Instagram is at Law Practice Queen. You can find me on Facebook too. Um, podcast, everywhere you listen to podcasts, it's called Cash is Queen, um, it's kind of like that. a play on cash is king. Um, so definitely check me out there. I would love to hang out with you. And thank you so, so much, Lauren, for having me on. This was really fun. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for being such a trooper with everything. This was really great. It was worth it. I knew if we just pushed through, we were going to make it happen. And it was going to be pure gold that is going to inspire and help so many people. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. And you're amazing.
Thank you, Lauren. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Have a great day, Katie.